Welcome to Weekly Wisdom. I'm Josh Rees, and this podcast is all about exploring wisdom in philosophy, comedy, religion, science, pop culture, and everyday life. Each week, we'll focus on a particular individual and wisdom that they shared. Hopefully, if not more wise, we'll all become a bit more reflective, less like know-it-alls, and have a bit more reverence for life. Today's podcast, I'd like to share a story from Richard Feynman. Feynman was one of the most brilliant and well-known physicists of the last century. He won a Nobel Prize, contributed to the development of the atomic bomb, and brought as many creative and revolutionary ideas to the scientific community as anyone else from his time. In his biography of Feynman, Genius, by James Gleick, Gleick relays a story Feynman liked to tell that demonstrated what his father had taught him growing up. His father used to take him on nature walks up in his local mountains on weekends. One day, a young Richard was walking with another boy who said, See that bird? What kind of bird is that? I said, I haven't the slightest idea what kind of bird it is. He says, It's a brown-throated thrush. Your father doesn't teach you anything. But it was the opposite. He had already taught me. See that bird? It's a Spencer's warbler. I knew he didn't know the real name. Well, in Italian, it's a Chato Lapidita. In Portuguese, it's a Bom de Pieta. In Chinese, it's a Chung Long Ta. And in Japanese, it's a Katano Takeda. You can know the name of that bird in all the languages of the world, but when you're finished, you'll know absolutely nothing whatever about the bird. You'll only know about humans in different places and what they call the bird. So let's look at the bird and see what it's doing. That's what counts. Isn't it true that we get so caught up in the naming of things that we miss out on what's really there? In the classifying, the judging, the characterizing, and the preconceiving, that we lose touch with the presence, the spontaneity, and the mystery of a thing. It's not just with birds. It's oftentimes with our spouse, or our neighborhood, with our child, and of course at times even with ourselves. I can't tell you the number of times I've been so sure of who my wife is and what she had to say that I missed her entirely, or the times I've driven to work so sure of my surroundings that I lost all comprehension for the appreciation of nature. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've taught my child answers about life in such a way that I robbed him of his questions, and their ability to take him beyond that point where I stopped thinking. For me, the lust to be right has come from fear. My need to name and judge things is just as much a defense mechanism as it is a result of actual curiosity. So I think it is wise when I can try to listen better. It is wise if I can muster up the courage to open up to the mystery of someone instead of my preconceptions of them. Instead of knowing a thing before I see it, I might try looking and seeing what it does. Douglas Adams said, See first, think later, then test. But always see first. Otherwise, you will only see what you were expecting. Most scientists forget that. This at some level has been what the great mystics have taught about approaching and understanding of the sacred and life itself. The Tao Te Ching tells us, The Tao that can be defined is not the eternal Tao. In Zen Buddhism, students have been taught, if you see the Buddha 
in the middle of the road, kill him. This isn't condoning murder, but trying to teach the students that thinking you know what Buddha nature is can actually keep you from it. In the mystical Gospel of Thomas, Jesus asks his disciples who they say he is, and Thomas answers, Master, I cannot say that which you are like. Jesus commends him, takes him to the side, and whispers spiritual secrets in his ear. My charge today isn't to go on a mountain somewhere and try to find God, although if you find her there, do tell her I said hi. I encourage you, however, to, at least once a day, stop and look and see without the rush to know. See without the rush to name. See and have the courage to listen. Sakish Henderson, a Native American teacher, said, To truly listen is to risk being transformed forever. Could we not also say that is true of truly being present to something taking place? Truly seeing? Truly beholding? Beginning with ourselves, we may be surprised at what unfolds. When applying it to those around us, including nature, we open ourselves to experience a greater meaning in our lives.